Time once again for our wine chat with our friend from Haskell's, Jack Farrell. Good morning, Jack. Hi there, Denny. How are you this morning? I'm doing really well. A beautiful day here in the Twin Cities, and I hope you're doing well, too. What what are we going to be talking about today? Today, I thought we would talk about one of America's great treasures, and that is Napa Valley, California. I'll never forget the first time I went there. A long, long time ago, there were, oh, God, I don't think they're in the whole wine, in the whole valley. I don't think there were 50 wineries, and now there's about 800 of them. But at the time, and I thought, what a beautiful, beautiful place. And it really is a beautiful place. It is the most visited place in uh, California and has been for about, oh, maybe the last 15, 20 years. Uh, It outpaced Disney World or Disneyland a long, long time ago. And there's a good reason. And now with COVID and the restrictions involved with COVID lifting, uh, it might be a good time to revisit uh, Napa Valley. I mean, they, they really have made a science, if you will, out of entertaining people. They're fabulous places to stay, great places to dine. Of course, stuff to do, uh, incredible. Uh, whether you want to take a, a bike trip or the wine train, the wine train in Napa Valley is a marvelous experience. You go from one end to the other on a train, and you learn a little bit about the wine, uh, history of the place, etc. And while you're doing that, of course, you're on this train being pampered with a wonderful meal and wines to accompany each of the dishes on the meal. I mean, it, it's just, in my opinion, a marvelous experience. And we have it right here. And, you know, I'm fortunate enough, been all around the world and gone to almost every single vineyard spot in the world and uh, to grade them all. And, and Napa has to really rank right up there. It's a beautiful setting. Uh, and, of course, the wines are incredible. And uh, it, it's no wonder it's the number one visitor destination in California. It, it's a wonderful place to see. Of course, Napa has a marvelous history. You know, it's a little like Texas. It was at one time owned by Spain, then Russia, then Mexico, then an independent country almost, and then a U.S. state. And uh, you can see all that stuff in the Napa Valley. And if you don't care too much about wine, there's so many other things to do. The spas in Calistoga are incredible. You know, they were uh, great places to visit when the indigenous people lived there. They would go to those hot spas and uh, visit those kind of places because they were they were deemed they'd restore your health. They were very restorative type of places. And I think California, and particularly the Napa Valley, still is that. Uh, like I said, the history is amazing. The, the topography is just beautiful. As you go up and down the valley and uh, see uh, wonderful little towns, etc., and uh, of course, uh, as I said, the food is just incredible. Uh, and the reason for that is, you know, where you have wine and you you have vineyards, usually you'll find some pretty good restaurants. And Napa Valley is no exception, and maybe the best of all worlds 
of places to visit in the world with wine, there's probably more terrific restaurants there. And they're in every price bracket, from modestly priced to really deluxe. The French Laundry in Napa Valley is one of those great restaurants. It's a three-star Michelin. And when Michelin gives you three stars, that's the ultimate. There's no such thing as five-star or six-star or anything. Three stars is the top for Michelin rating. Michelin, the tire company, years ago set out to rate places in France, figuring it would help uh, their tire business if people began to travel to these places. And indeed, it helped their tire business, and it helped their business where the Michelin Guide became the last word in travel in France. I mean, you had to have your Michelin Guide tell you where to go in every small town you know, whether it was a town of four or 500 people or a major city, the Michelin Guide guided you. And uh, Michelin rated the French Laundry three stars, their top rating in uh, California. I think it was the first U.S. restaurant to get three stars, even though some fabulous ones in New York, etc. But the French Laundry just jumped out on top. And it's a, still a great place. I, and I'm not a, too keen on it. It's like eating in a funeral parlor. People don't talk. There's like a cathedral of food. And indeed, it's that. But I prefer a little more boisterous atmosphere. And we have a, a native Minnesotan, Cindy Lewin, uh, who started a restaurant called uh, Mustards in Napa Valley, which is more casual, more inexpensive. And my wife claims makes the best pork shop she's ever had in her life at uh, uh, Mustards in the Napa Valley. And that, that has a Minnesota connection. And, of course, we're fortunate we've got a lot of Minnesota connections there. Uh, the Probably the most famous being Robert Mondavi, who was born up in Virginia, Minnesota. And uh, his family moved out there during the Depression. His father, uh, some Italians up in Virginia, took up a collection and bought him a ticket to California to send them grapes back here to make wine. They, the Italians couldn't find any grapes in Minnesota that they could uh, make wine out of, so they sent Mondavi out to California. And Well, he not only sent them the wine, he decided it was a pretty area, and he'd move his family out there, and he sent for Robert. And so he was responsible not only for Mondavi, but the Krug Winery, which is his brother, uh, Robert Mondavi and Peter Mondavi. Peter is still alive. He's close to 100. But anyway, uh, they both came from Minnesota and started. And then there have been lots of follow-up from Minnesota who in the Napa Valley have created wonderful wineries and uh, fabulous wines. But anyhow, as I said, the whole purpose in this is with COVID listed, uh, you can now go out there and visit, and like I say, there's nothing that you can't do in the Napa Valley in a recreational way. There's hot air balloons. I mentioned spas, wine tours, food tours. You can take food tours around the Napa Valley. Uh, it's just an adult wonderland, in my opinion, to visit the Napa Valley. And they've made such an art of visiting these different wine um, sellers along the way. I, I remember early on the first couple of tasting rooms were pretty primitive type things. Today, not only are the wine uh, tasting rooms elaborate, but the uh, 
uh, wineries themselves are just incredible. I mean, you could take an architectural tour of these places and uh, not be unimpressed and not also uh, see what a fabulous, fabulous job they've done. Everything from mimicking a great French chateau to being an ultra, ultra modern uh, winery cut into the mountainside, etc. cetera. Uh, you know, it's just not uh, to be missed, I think. It's one of those places, if you have the time, uh, as a matter of fact, years ago, WCCO used to have good neighbor tours, and I think we went to Napa Valley three times with WCCO, and each one of them was great. But like I said, there's there's more to do than just taste wine. Like I said, the train ride itself, restaurants, the spas, hot air balloons, virtually uh, bungee jumping, almost anything you really are interested in. They've been clever enough, the tourist industry out there, to cater to that and not only that, you're in one of the prettiest areas, uh, topographically, uh, the hills in the, uh, that surround the Napa Valley are just absolutely beautiful. It's no wonder when the early pioneers came out there, they, they really took a shine to it. And, of course, one of the early ones, uh, Hazardsky, who we've talked about on the air, the uh, uh, Hungarian count who came to, came to the United States and he was going to build his utopia in Wisconsin. That didn't work out. And he tried out in Utah. That didn't work out. <laughs> so he ended up in Napa Valley. And indeed, they discovered wonderful, wonderful place to grow grapes. And uh, that is what makes it so famous. It's an incredible area for growing grapes, particularly Cabernet Sauvignon. I think... When they first planted Cabernet Sauvignon so many years ago in France, whoever they were, the Phoenicians or whatever, they must have had Napa Valley in mind because it is the perfect place uh, to grow Cabernet Sauvignon. And it's absolutely incredible. People have come from all over the world, the great French wineries, uh, German, uh, Anybody who's in the wine business wants a presence in Napa Valley. And uh, there's a good reason for that. It's reputation. And best of all is the soil. The soil in Napa Valley, even the bottomlands in the valley, which ordinarily are kind of shunned for uh, grape types, because, you know, there's a theory in the wine business that grapes have to suffer to produce really good wine. Well, uh, in California, they don't suffer. They love it, and particularly in Napa Valley. And even that wonderful flatland in the valley produces some remarkable wine. And like I say, particularly uh, Cabernet Sauvignon. That isn't to say they don't make wonderful Chardonnays. They do, of course. Uh, Pinot Noir, <laughs> all the varietals are really done well there. But the one that really found a home in that typical topography and uh, soil content was Cabernet Sauvignon. And, uh, you know, they're environmentally sound, etc. And as you visit the different wineries, I, I, as I said, you could take an architectural tour of them because they're so beautiful and wonderful to see these different 
uh, wineries and, that they've created. And when you go into the tasting room, and of course, years ago, the tasting rooms all were free. Today, they have a, a charge to go in. But you usually get your money's worth because you can taste a bunch of different wines, etc. And uh, they have services, limousine services, bus services, etc. That'll take you from winery to winery, so you don't have to worry about drinking wine and then driving. That they've thought of everything out there. And if you're a budding onophile uh, and you're interested in wine. I absolutely encourage you to go out to the Napa Valley. It's yeah. right here. It's easy to get to. And it, it's a marvelous experience. And like I said, there's something for everybody to do. And I can't imagine a place. In fact, to my knowledge, you know, there's wonderful places around the world to visit. Burgundy, Bordeaux. I can't imagine a place. In fact, to my knowledge, you know, there's wonderful places around the world to visit Burgundy, Bordeaux, et cetera, et cetera, uh, the Rhine Valley, Mosul, et cetera. The Napa Valley can hold its own not only in beauty with all those other places, but it surpasses most of them in absolute wonderful things to do. Uh, everything from that wine train to uh, taking a mud bath up in Calistoga just experiences you'd love to have, and you can do that. And today, now that we have these restrictions from COVID lifted, they're very anxious to welcome people back to oh, Napa yeah. Valley. And so, uh, and of course, you've been there, Denny. Oh, I want to. I want to go back today. As a matter of fact, the way the way you've listened, <laughs> but you don't have to. You just have to visit ha- any Haskell's location, right? Indeed, the folks at Haskell's love to talk about wine. As a matter of fact, today we have our uh, third uh, boat trip on the St. Croix, and there's one left in September, and there's still a few seats left on that. It's a wonderful lunch and tasting on the St. Croix, courtesy of Haskell's, and you can uh, get that if you go to our website. There's a Haskell's near you where you can save big dollars on wine, Haskell's in Bloomington, Excelsior. There's a Haskell's in Fairbow right off of 35. Maple Grove Supercellar is not to be missed. Our downtown store has free parking on Saturday and Sunday. There's Askels in Plymouth, Ridgedale, St. Paul, Stillwater, White Bear Lake, and Woodbury. And if you can't come into Haskells, go to Haskells.com. And don't forget, we do deliver. Thank you, Jack. Let's uh, do this again next week. Thanks, Jack. You know, Denny, I'm going to look forward to that. Jack Farrell from Haskells.